0: Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by CUNA's Environmental Scan. The CUNA Environmental Scan is a resource that helps credit union professionals stay up to date on recent trends and provides guidance for strategic planning. It's available in a variety of formats, including a print report, PowerPoint, and video. This must-have strategic planning resource includes insights from some of the movement's top thinkers, including Andrew Downin, Mark Seavright, and John Best. The environmental scan is also endorsed by CUNA's professional and development organization, CUNA Councils. That's a lot of good reasons to check out this year's insights. Stay ahead of the curve. Visit cuna.org/escan to order today. From the Credit Union National Association. This is the CUNA News podcast credit union people, credit union ideas. I'm Craig Sauer, Senior Editor for QNOS Credit Union Magazine. This week's guest is Nader Mogadam, President and CEO of Financial Partners Credit Union in Downey, California, and Chair of the QNOS CEO Council. For the last two decades since coming over from the banking industry, Mogadam has immersed himself in many aspects of credit unions, serving in leadership roles for the councils, the California and Nevada Credit Union Leagues, Credit Union for Kids, and CU Direct, an auto lending network. My colleague Adam Mertz recently spoke with Magadam by phone in advance of the first CUNA CEO Council Conference scheduled for mid-October in San Diego.
1: Leadership remains a moving target, doesn't it? I mean, you're making adjustments based on variables with uh, generational differences, with market differences. There's, it's always a challenge to stay ahead of the curve, isn't it?
2: Absolutely, I mean, uh, you know, and and staying with the curve, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. like to, to to get ahead of ahead of it. You're right. I mean, so much is happening right now in our uh, environment, and in particular, you know, in the with the CEO role, um, you've got uh, substantial uh, regulatory issues that are upon us, generational issues, um, uh, payments issues, the new systems, new approaches non-financial uh, players, the, the FinTech, you know, I mean, there's so many things, variables that are coming in and so much complexity uh, that you really have to be uh, always in a running state. You can't pause, uh, you can't sit down, you, you constantly gotta push yourself and explore and learn. And that's one of the key things in our credit union that we've really talked about is that uh, we're, we're, we're not big enough to be able to uh, create things off scratch. But we've got to basically be smart enough to move out and and learn from our friends and learn from our even competitors and and constantly try to reinvent ourselves. So uh, I I think that um, the job at hand, uh, not only for CEOs, but for uh, anybody in any leadership role within the CEO system, uh, within the credit union system, is um, a lot harder. And we have to all study a lot harder than ever before because everything's changing.
1: It, it key is from the, my conversations with a lot of other people too and you mentioned it here focusing on a uh, a strategy and having a very you know narrow focus that you can drive in something that you can excel at and I'm curious about what that direction is at financial partners right now that you're trying to emphasize being the best at
2: Yeah, you know one of the key things that um uh, was interesting is that yesterday we had all, all our managers uh in the the room was full of 35 36 people mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, we're talking about, because we're fresh off our strategic planning meeting with the board, and, and one of the key things is alignment, you know, making sure that our vision is aligned with our strategy, which is aligned with our business plans, which is aligned with our budgets, which is aligned with individual goals, so that we have that clear line from our vision to what the front line, uh, you know, uh, 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 teller is doing or that front line, uh, you know, phone center rep is doing or that front line, a mortgage consultant is doing. So everybody's aligned in, 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 in a correct way so that we can all row in the same direction. And I think that, uh, that alignment is, is, is really key, uh, as in any endeavor, if we're going to basically be successful, uh, in delivering on our, on our mission or vision. Our vision is building lifetime financial partnerships. That's our commitment mm-hmm. to our members that means that we're going to basically provide uh, uh our our members the opportunity to have uh the uh, the opportunity of, of uh you know having their first savings account here to their first checking account to their first you know car to their first home and everything in between until their uh retirement and uh, transition of their assets to the next generation so uh we're we're here to help members have a better life and and um you know c- c- The way we can do it is through helping them save money, make money, save time or combination of those three things, making real value with our credit union touch, which is being, uh, you know, obviously uh, very, uh, very caring and very connected with our with our members. Um, They own us. And Mm -hmm. we obviously have to, uh, you know, uh, always keep that in mind and 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 treat our members with uh, utmost respect and care. Um, that uh, represents that sense of ownership that uh, that they should have, so I think it's really uh, I don't know if I'm answering the question well, but uh, uh, but I get excited. my lights come on uh, talking about uh, that uh, alignment and the culture and and the way we organize ourselves about our common purpose.
1: I don't know what challenges that you face, particularly in your market in terms of uh, awareness, uh, your other competition. What's some of the the areas that you keep an eye on closely every day?
2: Well, you yeah, know, we, this is a that, that, that's a, a real interesting question. We're in an urban market. We've got uh, a lot of credit unions, a lot of banks here. I really never uh, think that we're competing with other credit unions, uh, and we're a uh, community-based credit union. Uh, our competition is not with the credit unions, uh, the banks, the four big banks, Wells Fargo, B of A, Chase, and uh, and uh city uh put their accounts together they probably uh have 70% of the retail accounts state of California
1: mm-hmm.
2: with all the good news about Wells Fargo these days you know i love the opportunity of basically making a case for their account holders as to why they should basically have their relationship with uh any credit union and if we're talking to them hopefully financial partners mm-hmm. and um uh, and the and the results of that and and, and frankly we've got a very Concrete evidence of how we make a difference in people's lives. I love to basically be able to communicate that information to many bank account holders, and in particular Wells Fargo holders, to basically um, remind them that there is a better place to bank and there is a better opportunity for uh, for for them, and an organization and organizations in our family of credit unions that really care about them more than uh, more than uh, more than the other side.
1: And, and as you mentioned, you were on the other side. You understand that environment. You know how it works. I'm sure things evolve over time, but the general principle and the fundamentals are the are the same as they were when you worked there. What what does that drive you more, uh, having been on the inside?
2: To be fair about it, when I was a um, banker, you know, I worked for a 45 billion dollar company at the time, uh, which is no longer around because it merged. When I was a banker, I thought we' were doing a great job uh, from a service standpoint. Mm-hmm. I mean we tried to serve the customer, but at the end of the day, it was a customer. And at the end of the day, when it came to, for instance, fees, we had a different perspective on it. At the end of the day, we constantly coached our team not to necessarily waive fees or not to basically you know uh, uh, deviate from uh, the structure. But in the credit union land, not that we're crazy waiving fees per se that are legitimately, uh, you know, out there, but we always look at, you know, the circumstances. We always look at how we can help the member avoid the fee in the, in the future, if not today. How do we basically, uh, educate our members to have a smarter financial relationship with their financial institution? That way of thinking would never enter a banker's mind. Mm -hmm. You know, I can tell you that much. so, so I'm, I'm trying to be fair, but at the end of the day, I think we're, we're heck of a lot, lot better solution uh, for, for the consumers out there.
1: You know, and, and speaking not just for banks, but all for-profit industries, there's several CEOs that I've spoken to that are involved in leadership groups around the country with various businesses and, and just trying to glean what they can, there's actually some lessons that can be learned about efficiency. I imagine from for for profit enterprises. Is there anything else that you look to, you know, maybe not just in the credit union space, but you you kind of look to certain organizations and say, I'd like to borrow that and adapt it to the CU model?
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I don't, uh, you know, uh, I don't uh, look at the bankers and and sort of kind of uh, demonize them. Uh, I think that uh, there's a lesson there uh, that uh, one can learn. Uh, from the ones that have the scale and uh, have an uh, approach, uh, you know, we can learn from the way they're doing it because let's say, you know, B of A, let's say in, in, in some payment system or some new approach on a, uh, on a given product, they have millions of opportunities to basically sample and, and improve their, their system. Well, do I have to go and basically make the same errors or I can basically pick up, uh, you know, uh, uh, and get ideas from them uh and then do it better uh in in return so no i i think that we need to keep an open mind and we need to uh constantly explore even uh the ones that we don't agree with uh you know from a as a competitor but mm-hmm. uh but uh learn from them and actually beat them at their own game uh and i, I think that that's really important by us uh you know not looking at them or not um uh, or or just basically um uh, brushing them aside because they're not us, I think we're, we we create a blind spot that doesn't allow us to be as competitive as we can be.
1: You know, I, I wanted to tap your insights on an, on another specific industry out there, which is auto, automobiles, and uh, specific to you, auto lending, with your involvement with CU Direct these last six years, you've been on the board. There's so much talk these days, and we're running a feature in October, uh or, I'm sorry, November, about autonomous cars. And a lot of the, the new wave and how people use vehicles and mobility in general, uh, it, it, auto lending is such a big piece of the puzzle for so many credit unions out there. What are you seeing in terms of near future and distant future that people ought to be keeping an eye on?
2: Well, I mean, I, 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 that's a really uh, good point. I know that um, uh, a lot of folks are talking about uh, the uh, transitions that are happening in um Automobile industry as a whole, and then combine that with a uh, shared economy and how uh, the new generations are willing to share and how that might basically manifest itself in auto finance in the future. Uh, you know, are people going to, uh, when you have these autonomous cars come out, are people going to own uh, or have shares in fleets of them, or are they going to basically want their own? Uh, uh, are they going to basically uh, uh everybody's gonna become an Uber uh, operator, you know, use their car what they use and then put the car to work. I mean, there's a whole series of ways that you can think about this uh as as as, as you move into future. Uh but uh, I think it's uh more right now uh interesting talk. I don't think in the next five years that's gonna have a dramatic impact uh, on our uh on our industry, but it's one that it will have if it, it time it it's time will come and, and we will have to deal with it, uh, but, uh, maybe a little bit more distant out there. But it's oh, good to be aware of it and good, good to be thinking about, uh, you know, how could that, uh, impact the credit union industry as a whole? Uh, our credit union, we have 25% of our, uh, loans sitting in auto, uh, portfolio. Uh, if there's a change uh, in there where people use their, um purchase habits or type of, uh, you know, uh, acquisition that they will have, uh that will obviously have a dramatic impact on us but i don't think it's going to happen and i think uh you know tony Butel, ceo of c direct um uh was actually a presenter at our, our board planning session and uh, and uh and i do agree with him uh, when he he stated that uh, the, it's coming the question is uh really when uh but maybe not as quickly as um some of us might think right now but it's definitely one that we ought to be uh, mindful of I'm excited about CU Direct, by the way, if I could take a moment yeah. and, and, and share something on that. Uh, CU Direct uh, last month was the largest auto finance originator in the country. So it was a, 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 you know, it was a good headline, if you will, but it also shows that how credit unions, when they band together and, and uh, operate a, a, a singular platform, how we can basically have our mic felt out there with the dealers and the consumers out there. So I'm, I'm excited about that. The other part is that uh part of the learning, as you said, uh, one of the biggest learnings is that the pleasure of working with the fellow board members on C direct board. I mean, these are so smart and uh, smart people uh really caring about our industry. And it's always wonderful uh to be, um uh, to be associated with them and learn from them. And that's really the value of participation, and I think that that's the point that I wanted to raise, is that by voluntary engagement in in whether it's CU Direct, whether it's the league, the, whether it's the councils, uh, whether it's the chapters, uh, anything out there, I think it's just an enriching uh, opportunity because uh, you learn so much from the people who are engaged, who are motivated and, and, and uh, proactive people who want to give some of themselves. Uh, it, it's enriching. And I think that that's the value that I think we have in this industry that the bankers would never have. Um, the openness, open sharing. Uh, when I joined the, uh, uh the credit union in- industry, uh, I remember I went to a council meeting, uh, not going too far, uh, sales and ops council. Mm-hmm. And at the meeting, people were talking and they're saying, oh, if you want that policy, I'll give you a copy of that policy. Or if you want that incentive plan, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll share it with you. And I'm saying, who are these people? I mean, what is this? You know, what I mean, I mean, that sharing stuff. When I was going to a conference when I was a banker, I mean, I I was like a vault walking around. You know, I wanted to basically get a little bit, but I wasn't willing to open up per se. Yeah. Uh, and when I say me, I'm not talking about Nodder. I'm talking about you know all the folks who basically were there. So uh, it, it's a totally different mindset, and I think we need to appreciate it and remind ourselves that how good we have it uh, as being part of uh, this system.
1: What what led you to make that switch over to credit unions? You know, uh, I had, um, on
2: a personal note, I had been part of two very financially rewarding mergers uh, on the bank, so uh, I was uh, thinking about taking some time off, uh, and, and somebody called me about a credit union and said, you know, do you want to, uh, you know, we're looking for a COO, and your name's come up a couple of times, and, uh, you know, can you come and, uh, you know, talk to us? And I just, you know, just for kicks and giggles I went in and talked to them and and uh, as we were talking I really got interested so I said okay I'm gonna go work it you know a few months and see how it goes and you know no harm no foul and you know now 18 years later uh, I'm still having my kicks and giggles and and, and absolutely happy uh, that 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 phone call ever came so uh, many 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 years ago I was in corporate planning at uh, a Great Western Bank, and I used to put competitive data, uh, together. I was, and, and used to look at the credit unions, and it was a 2.5% share, market share at that time. Mm. We're, we're a couple of times more than that right now, but, and, and I was always saying, who are these people, credit union people? I mean, what are they? I mean, what, you know, and, and well, sure enough, four or five years later, I, I found out, and, uh, it's been, uh, Lovat site, and, Second side and third side, so
1: forth. <laughs> I love that. I love that. It, it, you know, that's kind of an interesting perspective you raise about even being in financial services. There's a little bit of mystery about credit unions, uh, and obviously, you know, all the consumer research that's been done. There's a lot of there's a lot of work that credit unions have cut out for them to get that message across, and with the CU awareness program going on right now at CUNA, uh, a lot of Findings, a lot of consumer research being done. What do you see as the major barriers and opportunities to reach out and and put credit unions in the mindset of consumers?
2: Well, you know, and I, I, I commend Jim Nussel and um, the resources that have been made available to the committee, and um, uh, you know, out and I know that the committee's done its very good work and has shared it uh, publicly. Uh, one of the key things that I think comes across is that. Um, we just need to make sure that we do a better job in uh helping our own members understand what's the difference. Uh I'll give you an example. I was in uh uh uh, uh South Carolina uh day before yesterday presenting and uh as part of my presentation I showed an interview of, of four of our members who love us, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got uh, we because we've transformed our branches, we don't have t- traditional tellers in the branches anymore and so forth. So we were interviewing some of these members and they were raving about the credit union. And then, uh, you know, one or two of them turned around and said, yeah, I love my bank, you know, and, and I'm saying, it's not the bank, it's credit union, Yeah. you know, and, and it just hit me, you know, it just hurt me because even the people who are extremely happy with us, uh, sometimes they don't know the difference. And I think that it's a failure on our side and certainly on my side uh, of uh, making sure that we ever make it a ever, part of our dialogue with our existing members. The only challenge is that saying credit union maybe to non-members may not necessarily open doors, and, but we've got to talk about value when we're talking to mm. non-members. Mm-hmm. But when we're talking to our existing members, we need to really talk it up that there's a difference here. They're owners, and therefore it entitles them to a whole different treatment that they're getting uh, at, at the credit union. So it's a kind of an interesting uh, challenge you know as a for new member acquisition uh, i think we need to talk really about the value that we're creating and 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 what the difference is um in in a way that resonates for people who are not aware of us or don't understand credit unions but with the members uh, my personal view is that we just need to uh, all of us need to do a better job in in making sure that they they understand what the difference is uh, all the community work that we're doing all the uh you know efforts that uh, we are doing on behalf of the credit unions it all needs to basically come back to helping people understand you know what it is to be part of the credit union and the fact is we're different they own us uh, they, they uh, and 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 we uh, we have a whole different charter we're we're looking out for them in a way that no other for-profit organization would do
1: you and community involvement from that perspective what's something you look back on it' been now there almost 13 years at financial partners what's a thing that you can point to and what you've made an impact in the community that you feel particularly proud about
2: when we were born uh, we were rockwell federal credit union we were a, associated with a company and our branches were inside the company mm-hmm. and uh, at some point through mergers and other means uh, we uh, the old sponsor went away and we became a community based uh, organization and it took us a little while to figure out what it meant to be part of a community and right now in Downey, where our headquarters is at, uh, it's a city of 115,000 people. Uh, we are the major sponsor of the Christmas parade. Uh, we're the, uh, you know, uh, we've got people on the Columbia, uh, Memorial Center, which is the, uh, aerospace you know, sort of a, a learning center here. Mm-hmm. And we have people, chair, I chair that board. Uh, we've got a YMCA board we were involved in, uh, Qantas, uh, you know, Rotary, uh, the hospital foundation over here members of the financial partners are on the board, are contributing, we're engaged, and we're basically uh, showing up. Uh, but one event that really uh, kind of has put it, uh, it delights me, is uh, we have an annual thing called Rocket Fever that we're working with Columbia uh, Memorial Center, uh, the, the our space learning center over here. Uh, and uh, once a year, we have an opportunity for kids to come and actually shoot rockets. We're the only... Uh, Thing that of that nature in the whole uh, Southern California area, mm. uh, where people actually can shoot rockets up, and we have like two, three thousand people show up on, on, on a weekend, uh, and it's obviously it's focused on um, STEM learning and and you know educating the kids uh, about uh, science and space and all of that good stuff, which is fascinating to see all these kids uh, you know get uh, excited about all the things that they see uh, during that day, but more importantly. Uh, it also ties us back to our roots, where grandfathers or fathers, uh, you know, uh, bringing their, uh, you know, kids or relatives uh, to this uh, site and saying that, you know, I used to work here. I was one of the 30,000 people who worked here, which is not here anymore, and I'm talking about Rockwell. But look at this. These are the kind of things we worked on, uh, where the uh, museum is a legacy of their uh, contribution to science and actually to, to our country. And uh, and they can connect to that, and then people in the community show up uh, because the community has transformed. And you know, you see these kids, uh, you know, all get excited about uh, science and and space and future, and, and uh, that's that's exciting. I mean, I, I I think all our teammates who come there and and uh, we participate and support, I think all of us uh, really, uh, you know, every time we have this, uh, you know, we we talk about it for weeks after. It's always a great event.
1: Yeah, what a wonderful way to tie back to your roots. You retain that identity and yet uh, you know advance in many in many other aspects. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Now, if I could shift gears a little bit, I noticed that you had grown up in Iran and you've had kind of a. I'm always interested to hear where people come from when they've had international experiences like that. I know you studied some in London, and just a perspective maybe that comes from having that sort of background. What what did that teach you? Uh, with your various experiences, and, and how do you look at maybe America in the way that uh, someone who was born here does not?
2: You have a dossier on me. That's great. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, you know, it's interesting. You know, I, I was 13 when I left uh, Iran, uh, went to school in England, and then by some accident, I ended up uh, at USC uh, for my college, uh, uh, you know, work, and mm-hmm. uh, somewhere along the line, uh, you know, the revolution t- took place, and and uh ended up not really going back, uh, so the biggest learning out of all of this was uh, you know to let life come to you, you know I mean uh, you can't change events, but you can't change the way you react to events and um, and I think that that flexibility probably was a big takeaway uh, out of all of this mm-hmm. um, when uh, your family gets uprooted and and everything. That you knew overnight basically changes before your eyes. Uh, it sort of, um, you know, sort of gives you a sense that uh, anything can change, uh, and, and at a moment. And therefore you need to be appreciative of, uh, what you have and then what you need to work, uh, towards and for. Um, I, 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 I always had a, you know, kind of a hunger, um, you know, to learn about, uh, you know, uh, you know, America, uh, you know, my new home, U.S. My dad, um, actually had, uh, written a book about democracy in America. And when I was growing up, uh, he always, uh, uh, you know, kind of talked about, uh, the, uh, Jeffersonian democracy and, 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 uh, you know, had always hmm. instilled in me a love for this country before I even arrived. So I think it was just kind of, in a way, going back to my roots. But, um, uh, but, uh, but now I'm actually happy too because now Uber's new CEO is from the old country. So maybe there's, you know, there, and, and there are a few more out there. So, you know, uh, I think that, uh, there are a lot of people who've made the journey. And I think that, uh, this is a, United States is a story about, uh, you know, immigrants. All mm-hmm. of us are immigrants unless we were, uh, native Indians. And I think that, uh, you know, and that's what's unique about us here. And that's what makes us, uh, really stronger. Uh, so I'm excited about being here and the, uh, the, the opportunity that I've had. and, uh, the uh, the industry that I'm part of and uh, the family that I've been able to uh, be part of uh, you know I'm not talking about my immediate family I'm talking about my extended family so uh, no it's it, it, it's wonderful and thank you for asking that question by the way
1: oh yeah oh absolutely absolutely and I, did did your family then uh, leave around as well your your extended family and
2: yeah, my uh, my immediate family um, uh, my uh, my mother and father uh, uh you know they left eventually and then at some point they the two of them left i went back and uh and uh my dad passed a few years ago over there um after uh having lived outside for about 18 years okay uh, but uh my brother who came with me is 5 minutes away from me and thank god he was only two of us cuz so it was easier to uh kind of logistically manage things sure uh no he's he's my neighbor and a good friend of mine and uh unfortunately he has to put up with me because i give him a good hard time always <laughs> that's what big brothers are for right that's
1: right absolutely <laughs> you know and and this is a a big question but from a world perspective and especially with your parents having returned what what do americans need to understand better about about your home country
2: you know uh, i think that um the, the only thing i say is that uh we get so wrapped up sometimes in the headlines and uh and uh, uh there is a uh, and and we don't realize that you know people are uh more similar than different, believe it or not mm-hmm. and there's a comedian uh by the name of Maz You know, he's got a little stint, and he talks about you know sometimes we see and I'm not talking about just one country I'm talking about in general uh the the way news sells is it sells based on uh you know negative stuff. Uh, we never have a, uh, news, uh, section that maybe somebody in India is, uh, baking the best cookies out there or right. somebody in, 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 uh, in Egypt, uh, you know, has the best, you know, uh, uh gourmet food of a, a different kind. We don't hear those kind of stories, uh, but we hear about, uh, things when something goes wrong, but this world is heck of a lot bigger than some of the negative stories we hear. So. That's the only, and that's a perspective that I've basically picked up. As much as you think some things are dark, maybe they're not as dark as you think. Mm-hmm. And, uh, at the same time, uh, you also need to be really astute and aware and make sure that, you know, uh, you're prepared for change. Uh, in our industry right now with uh, all these transformational forces that are upon us, uh, one uh, easy way is to discount it and then at your own harm, the other one is to overreact to it at your own harm. And I think that that balance, whether in life or in business, is something that we all always strive for.
1: And shifting back to a point that you made earlier, and we're doing a lot of work on uh, executive compensation and uh, what it takes to recruit, retrain, retain, excuse me, C-suite level personnel, CEOs. You got a call from someone. And the conversation that I heard at a conference not too long ago was if you're not talking about career pathing for a lot of you know your younger executives, someone else is. Uh, you know, to that point. And I'm curious from your standpoint on you know what, what you do, what do you see are the challenges uh and some best practices maybe that you've been able to institute to uh retain some of your top folks and attract others to come into your credit union.
2: You know, I I really think that uh the most um important thing is that you have a program that people emotionally get attached to and they they find it as their own. Uh, and I think that in our uh, credit union right now, um, I, you know, and I'm not speaking for them, you know, because tomorrow I could be wrong on this, but <laughs> I, I, I think that our uh, exec team is absolutely locked in. We are determined to uh, make our uh, common vision a reality. Um, I think that's one of the key things that, um, I know that, uh, you know, no money can buy. Number one. Mm-hmm. The other part is obviously you've got to be competitive. You know, this is, you know, the, if you're not in the ballpark, you know, you're uh, opening yourself to other kind of, uh, contradictions. So, uh, we do a study and we make sure that we're as competitive as, uh, you know, possible for our size of organization. And in some ways, actually, we do better than our size of organization because you don't necessarily try to match talent to where you're at today. You want to match talent to where you want to be later. Mm-hmm. And and that's a common thing that I think sometimes error that uh, some uh, credit unions make, um, and in particular, smaller credit unions, and in particular, when they're going after the CEOs, um, they don't necessarily, um, you know, uh, be provide the right compensation to make it attractive uh, for uh, somebody to come in and really be a change agent in the organization and help it go to the next level. And, um, and that's, I think, uh, you know, for, and I understand it, you know, sometimes smaller credit unions, what, what happens is that uh, money's hard to come by, but if you don't spend the money, you're not going to get the, uh, you know, uh, the talent uh, potentially, um, unless you're very fortunate to have had some stellar, uh, unique, uh, individual who basically grew through the ranks and it's tougher, uh, in, 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 the current circumstances in, in that regard because it's so complex. I mean, the credit union of today versus credit union of 20 years ago is a totally different animal, you know, and, and, uh, and I think that that's what's causing some of these mergers that are taking place. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of these mergers that are taking place right now is because some credit unions are having a tough time replacing the retiring CEO and, uh, the, Comps that are available and the level of responsibility and accountability comm- that is um, related to that compensation, there's a mismatch there. Sure. You know, uh, so that's, that's, that's a, that's a big challenge. But in terms of uh, my credit union and our credit union, our direct reports, uh, you know, uh, you know, in our exec team, I think really a, a big thing is uh, we're, we're competitive, reasonably competitive, but more importantly, I think we're uh, emotionally connected uh, to the, to the cause that we're The cause here.
1: And what I'm also hearing from you uh, in this, and correct me if I'm wrong, but is presenting growth opportunities for someone.
2: Absolutely. You know, our credit union, you know, know, 13 years ago when I started here, we were $612 million, I believe, at that time. Uh, Today, uh, uh, we're almost at $1.3 billion. And uh, if you factor in the financial crises in there, you know, which was kind of a stalling years, um, you know, if you put uh, put that out of the, uh, pull those years out, we've really started growing from 2010 to the present, bulk of that growth came. When you're part of a growing organization, it's great because you have job opportunities opening up, there is a dynamic uh, enge- engagement, people who perform well, they can basically get the next opportunity, and it sort of feeds on itself. Um, so in a growth mode, is uh, it's, uh, it's somewhat easier uh, to sort of motivate and keep that upward mobility uh, sort of fresh and, and, and moving. Uh, the challenge comes when if things uh, stop and you don't grow as fast or you don't grow uh, reasonably uh, at a reasonable level where people now get stacked behind one another. That creates a different kind of a uh, challenge.
0: Thanks for listening to the CUNA News Podcast. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play.